Hey everybody, welcome to the Nerdy Piehead Podcast. It's Monday again. Um, hope everybody had a great weekend. It was a really good weekend. Um, so, obviously I always kick this off and I always talk about um, The Mandalorian. Seeing how that's the uh, new thing and everybody talking about the Baby Yoda... And it's just been a like a great show so far. I mean, you you hope that it was going to be, and everybody has you know different gripes with the newer, older Star Wars uh, movies. So it's good to see that this one kind of stayed true to form, and it's entertaining and it's fun, and has a Baby Yoda. Uh, the craziest thing is um, Disney's been cracking down on the uh, Baby Yoda memes from certain places, so cease and desist letters getting them to take them down. Um, I have my theories on it, but I won't spoil it for anybody, especially because it's only a couple episodes. So when it's finished and they have them all all episodes up, season one's done. Definitely gonna dig into the whole season on an episode of this podcast. So yeah, just you know, I'll let you guys know when that's um that's coming again. But um yeah, it was great. There's also a lot of like T V shows that some movies but T V shows that actually dropped across platforms this week. Um, I just, I haven't, to tell you the honest truth, after getting my Apple Plus and watching the first four episodes of C, I think I've got two episodes behind, and I think I'm just going to let that series complete itself and just go through the rest of it. I do like the episodic, the weekly episodic um, thing, but I think it works better for shows that are... 25 to 32 minutes when your show is about an hour it's sometimes it's it's to me it's it's a lot and to you just want you it's a lot of story so you kind of get into the story and you have to wait a week so and then the time to find to watch it so i i'm gonna let it stack up a bit and I haven't watched the morning show. Like, nothing really on their service yet. Speaking of, um... We could say right on Apple's service. They, um... Were set to do the premiere last week of a movie called The Banker. That starred Anthony Mackie and Samuel Jackson. The... the they delayed the theatrical release... Due to the fact that I think it's, um... Anthony Mackie's character... There's some um, new allegations of sexual misconduct against not the character, not Anthony Mackie, but the character that he's playing, the real-life character, um, Bernard Garnett Jr. Now, if you don't know the story about the banker, these are basically two African-American bankers that decided that they knew what they wanted. They knew in a sense what they wanted to do but they ended up using a white banker to secure 
the loans that they needed to have this bank. So it's a real, like, it's a real story. And it's, um, I, I'm not too sure if Apple is going to still release it in January on their streaming service and just, they just didn't do the theatrical release just because, and it's because of the story that came out. If the story is credible, I think it's, you know, they're doing their due diligence right now. So we'll see. And again, it, you know, if any of that news hits and, uh, you know, you'll probably hear it from me on a Monday. Um, what else is in the news? Uh, woke up this morning to see that uh, Uber lost its London license. As a, as a state there because they're saying that this, the pattern of failures is too much so right now it is um, I think they can still operate I think it's just they may not, might not be insured so getting in an Uber in London England might not be the best thing and I'm curious to see if that will be something that will trend uh, to North America you know I mean it's a hit or miss you're getting it like the the bottom line with the ride sharing cars is you're getting into a stranger's car even if the stranger is registered you see their face it's still a stranger's car so there is always still that possibility of something happening you don't know if this person drinks and drives. Like, there's no indication for you. I think that's something that they should implement in those ride-sharing programs. If you come to pick me up, you got you put your car in park or whatever before you could drive me. I need to know that you're sober and you're driving. Without knowing, like, as a person getting into a ride-share, if you don't know that, you could be just getting into something, you know, like, just really take, think about it. I think there's a lot of things that they can better with the, with that program. And I mean, probably when they end up doing that, the price won't be how we like it. I mean, maybe it, it's just giving people the added, I guess, added safety. Um, I went right in there. I, I looked at the Tesla truck, and I know everybody's made these crazy memes with the truck. Uh, cyber truck or whatever they want to call it it's bulletproof it looks like a can I mean the future's here if you didn't think about it, like the future's here things are gonna where Elon Musk is where Tesla is where a lot of these companies are going and you're gonna see it in the next 30 days is that we're going to another decade and Everybody wants to... You're going to see things that aren't going to look the way they looked decades before. Cars, the way they build things, the way things are done. It's the time... There's an, it's a new time. So it's a new decade. Technology is going to... We've seen the rise and how big and how crazy technology has gotten in the last 10 years. You're probably going to triple that in the next two years and so forth but um it's gonna be crazy to see i mean the biggest thing about with technology right now 
is the privacy. You know, like just everybody excited about getting their Disney Plus accounts. A couple of days later, there's a hack. Passwords and usernames are being sold online. And you look at it and you're just like, everything that I want to do, like, where's the extra security? Like, how do I feel safe on this thing? And they tell you things like, you know, about your passwords and making sure things are secure and, you know, not using the same ones. And But, I mean, there's got to be something that they could do to further protect you, right? Also, it's, it's, it's you, too, not being as extremely lazy. I mean, everybody's victim to it. Like, you enter your password into something that, that you go to all the time, whether it's your bank, money, whatever. You enter in that password. You save the password so you don't have to enter it in each time. Somebody could hack, their, hack your computer. Passwords are there. It's, it's a slippery slope. So it's a good practice, I think, for everybody to not save your password so you can go in there each time. It doesn't matter if your retina displays it and it opens it. That doesn't really matter because the it's still saved the keystroke password. It's just using another form of identity identification to open the program, but it still has that same numbered or number letter whatever password. So I mean it's it's they have different uh, programs, not programs. I don't even know what they call it. They have different things that like randomize your. your it's like a. I like to say it's like a. I, I know it's, it's like a round digital kind of clock looking thing, and it can randomize passwords for you. So every time you go to something, you go into it, and it gives you a random password. I mean, it's cumbersome. It's an extra step, but. Maybe that's maybe that's what we got we got to do. Maybe the extra step is actually um, extremely necessary, especially going forward when your like your identification online, your your name, where you live, things that you do, what you watch, what you eat, what you talk about, what you want, what you search for, what you watch, all these things are going to become so important to these companies online that are trying to get your eyes on their product. You see everybody jumping towards the streaming services. They understand that not as much people go to the movies, only for bigger blockbusters. They understand that people want to be able to be at home to watch everything. That's, that's kind of where we're getting to. So now they compete for your eyes. They don't care if they're priced lower. As long as your eyes are on their product, it's considered a, a, a success. So it's, it's going to be like that for a lot of companies. As companies have brick, brick and mortar stores, less people in there, less traffic for, for Black Fridays because you could do everything online. These companies have to now, once they get into that space, it becomes important for them to get your eyes on their product, hoping that you buy. But even if they have your eyes on there, it's important. It counts because they can then run 
Facebook ads to you, ads in different ad space, and kind of try to see if they can get the dollar out of you. Um, it's also getting to, it's also basically at a point too where it's turning into a lot of um, service based. So companies that have sold hardware for a very long time um, are making the decision to go a lot more into the service side and offering you a lot of service for a monthly fee, which for them works because if they can, if, if you buy, for example, if you buy an iPhone for, I don't know, they're expensive, but say you buy an iPhone, let's just, let's just use a round number. Say you buy an iPhone for $1,000 and you buy one once every five years, four years, four or five years. That's not a lot of money if you break it down months for the year. But if they offer you a service, say Apple Arcade, four ninety nine, as well as Apple TV Plus, four ninety nine. That's eleven dollars. So they'll get the thousand, and then they'll get eleven dollars each month from you for the amount of time, and then you buy another phone. So it's just it's becoming where these companies are like, you know what, we might not get a lot of them to buy a lot of our hardware all the time, but if we could just go into their pockets and take a certain amount of money every month, it can offset the cost that it costs us to make a phone, right? So you probably bought like three phones from them plus another phone in the space and time that you normally take to buy a phone. So that's going to be big business. Big business is going to be serving service it's going to help you as a as a consumer because now you're going to have service but it's also because they know that if they could take a certain amount of money from you a month that it counts towards their bottom line at the end of the day for you not buying product every single year so that's going to be pretty interesting to see how they um how they actually work that Actually, yeah. So, oh, I talked a lot. I've been, my head's been really on the, um, excuse me. I need some water. My head's been really on the tech side and future side of things because I um, watched the first two episodes of this new Amazon Prime show called Feed. It might be The Feed, but I think it's Feed. But um, the show is basically everybody has implemented um, a device. They're not sure how the device, it doesn't show me how exactly they put the device into the people's um, body. We haven't gotten there yet. It starts with them already having the device. And basically, they're just online all the time in their brain. They could literally be standing, sitting in front of you and just go online and look at whatever they want. News comes to in there. You get your news feed in there. You get messages. You get phone calls. It's like everything is sent it in there. Everything's a voice video call. I don't know how, but what, what, like, there's a lot that they've, they've yet to explain. But um, 
so basically the system you're you start to see little glitches happening to certain people in the system it's a family that owns this program and you know a lot of um mis mistreatment mismanagement of the people so it's um so it's building up i'm only two episodes in i tried to to watch one late uh yesterday night and I, it's it's a lot of information and I was dozing and waking up and I didn't even know what was going on so still have to um maybe rewatch the second half of episode two but I'm hoping to at least be able to tell you more about the show in the next coming days I mean I'll probably put a big a a bigger review about it maybe Wednesday Thursday on my Instagram page so you can kind of get a get a, get a sense of if if it's worth the watch. I personally think everything's worth the first episode, so yeah, just take it's the feed. It's on Amazon Prime. Take a look. It's kind of scary that that that's you would say that's the future. Ten years ago, but now it's just a a a debut away. You know, somebody just saying, "Hey, look at this new technology we have." It's it's close. They could, it's not it's it's not impossible. It's just when, really. Um, another documentary that's on uh, Amazon Prime. I haven't checked it out yet, but I think I might do that today. It's called uh, One Child Nation, and it is basically. I'm gonna tell you right now. Basically, One Child Nation is. It's it's about China, about the the rule that they're only allowed to have one child because of the overpopulation. So um, it debuted in uh, Sundance in two thousand nineteen, and it won the best documentary prize out there. So it should be. It, I heard it's pretty good. Um, I'm gonna check it out and definitely I'll review it on my um, Instagram page. There's also another TV series on there called Family Man. I have no idea. They pop up and, like I said, I give everything like the one episode. But I think basically he's a he's a spy and he's got families in different places and he speaks the language of the places that he has his family. So he's literally five different people. But he's a family man to all five people. All five people, that's rude. All five women, his wives and his children. But, um, yeah, I'm just going to check that out. Um, also, I think for me, I've, I haven't really been looking at too much on Netflix. Netflix, basically, they, it's Wednesday for them. Wednesday is their big day. The Irishman is their big movie. Um, I've heard nothing but great things. I know people that went to watch it at um, TIFF, and then at uh, it was at uh, they went to watch it at the film festival, and then they went to watch it at TIFF. That was on the last weekend. It was over there for a while, and you had nothing but great things. I personally was I wanted to go watch it in the theater, but I kind of felt with this notion that technically. Netflix didn't pay for this movie. 
we, the people that pay for Netflix, pay for this movie. So I'm going to watch it on the service that I pay for. So that was what kind of helped me out. Like, you can't really try to take almost $20 from me a month and then having to go to the movies to spend another 60 to watch something that you're eventually going to bring to my $20 a month service. So that's another thing that these streaming services are going to have to contend with. Are you basically saying that you're not going to put a lot of films for a long time into theaters. So how does that hurt the revenue of like Cineplex and things like that? Because if you got to do a limited, if you could do a limited release run for six to eight weeks and go right to your streaming service and you're already getting the money anyways, that might serve you better. You just get like you'll get the initial run money, so you get maybe like a couple, couple million. You know, hopefully you can get to a hundred. Maybe you have like a big Frozen week, like Frozen did this weekend, and then a couple weeks later you're going right to your streaming service, and then you're just getting the eyes over there. So it's gonna be good to see how they strategize that. I don't know what that means for Cineplex. I know they show football games in there now, the WrestleManias. And they've kind of shifted into esports, so maybe the esports thing will be a, a a carrier for them, like games. You know, like the gaming side will will carry them a little bit with like strategic releasing. It could work. It's just that if I'm Cineplex, I kind of get get in front of it, talk to the studios, come up with a different plan. Don't be so like. The problem is the theaters have this have a. a agreement with studios where they can run they run the movies for a certain amount of time and then there's like a little bit of a it's nowhere for a second and then it goes to some of them go to like blu-ray dvd then itunes will get it for you to buy and stuff like that then there's a little bit of a window where hbo can get it for a little bit and then streaming services that's all going to change it's going to be interesting to see how it changes but that's all going to change very very soon um, what was I gonna say? yeah and um oh another thing is yeah you know i'm a basketball fan true and true raptors on my team i still think um if they can keep up the way they're playing right now, build on a few things, get their players back, they maybe they make a trade or two. I don't know, but I, I, I kind of leaning towards that. I kind of see that. I don't know who they'll get, but you just get another solid player. I mean, can you imagine if the Raptors can move a player like Norman Powell, somebody else, and grab like J.J. Redick? I know the the one killer for the Raptors put him on this team and give a little bit more space for Siakam to operate. So the NBA is kind of um, looking towards shortening the regular season. 78 games from 82. Um, they're considering changing how the playoffs are seeded. As well as adding in a a mid-year tournament for all 30 clubs. So, basically the mid-year tournament, because 
they'd have to lessen some of the games. Right when you say that, the teams lose money because of um, you're going to lose home games. A mid-season tournament will actually give back the revenue that they're going to lose. <clears throat> also, the reason that they're trying to shorten the season is because a lot of the... Um, recently, a lot of the load management that's been happening... So, shout out to low management, NBA champion Raptors. You did it. Nobody really cared that we were doing it. They they just didn't think we were going to win. And now that Kawhi's in L.A. playing for the Clippers, they've really all of a sudden really hate low management. And, I mean, I get it. I understand the premise from a business and from a fan. From business, you want to win. The, the the goal is to win a championship. You pay the players an atrocious amount of money to compete for a championship. So when it's reg- like if you know your team's gonna go to the playoffs regardless, when it's regular season, you're like, I want to have my superstars ready and rested for the biggest stage, the playoffs. So that's that becomes the the owner side. That becomes the some of the players' side, coaches. They 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 that's the goal. They want to be healthy going to the playoffs. It's eighty-two game season. It's rigorous. It's a sport where everybody's playing at at a, at a pace that you could blow your knee out, you get injured. There's always injuries, and so you kind of say, okay, you know what? Not every game, but I understand the rest. You're on the player. Then you have the fans that pay an atrocious amount of money to the to to go watch these games, so the owners can play these players an atrocious amount of money to play. Now, as a as a fan, maybe your team is like the New York Knicks; they're not winning right now, and you love the Knicks and you love basketball. The Clippers are coming to play the Knicks. You're like, great, I'm going to buy this ticket because I would love to see Kawhi Leonard play. He's a superstar or any superstar for any team. And he decides because the, the team decides, I shouldn't say him, and him and the team decide that because it's just the Knicks and the game doesn't really matter to them, that he's going to take that day for low management. How, like so, you see what I'm saying? Like so, as a fan, you're getting you bought the ticket. You have no idea that he's gonna take low management until a couple hours before the game. Th- that's not fair. You sp- you spent your money to see certain people play. So there's a balance that the NBA has to find with the players' association, the owners, and the players. I personally just it is what it is. You should be playing in those games. You're getting paid for 82 games. Right, if you can't play and you're injured, it should be like, you know, other sports. Football, I think, has it, and baseball, where there's a, there's a, there's an injured list and there's a disabled list, and if you're injured and your injury doesn't allow you to play, you have, you can't play for forty eight hours, and if you can't play past the forty eight, you get put on a list where you can't play for another week, and then you get reevaluated. 
There's got to be some levels of protocol so that players can't pretend that they're injured or fake injury. You're allowed to rest. There is a rest thing, but you have to say that this player is going to rest in this game 48 hours before the game. So the people that buy these tickets have the chance to say, I'm not buying a ticket that day because the player is not playing. Now the revenue for the NBA will go down just a little bit. So that revenue for the player should go down just a little bit. If you are resting and you're not playing, there should be money that maybe comes off of the pay you get for that game. And it has to be given to a charity of your choice. So you, there's always there's so many different ways and different things that they could do. Where like it's like, okay, well, you know what? He didn't play today, but his charity just got like $150,000. Nah, I can respect that. So, I, you know, there's just different, there's different things. I, I think there's a balance. I think you've got to, it's going to be, take a lot of creative thinking. And yeah, I, I think, I think it's just a lot of, I think it's just a rare, I think a lot of players play a lot more years now. And they want a lot more money, and it's just a lot. It's just a little bit more crazy. Maybe they, maybe they cap the amount of years players can play. Like Vince Carter's been in the league for so long, so long, and I get it. He could play. His ability to play. Same with Melo. Their ability to play is still there, but there's players that are younger, that are hungry, that are sitting in the G League looking for a spot, and it's not there. The changing of the guard is is now later. So players now don't become the superstars on their team till their eighth and ninth year because they're waiting for a year 20 and 21 to finish. So, you know, that's interesting. That's just my take on it. This is always my take on it. This is my podcast. This is Nerdy Piehead. This is Monday morning again. Thank you for listening. I'm also... There might not be an episode this week. I'm working on... um, a special uh, 2009 to 2019, a look at the last decade um, with uh, movies, TV shows, games, music, just a lot of things that have, have happened over the last decade. And to let you guys know, so much has happened in the last decade, especially because technology makes things happen 10 times faster. Um, just looking at the releases from '09 in a, in a in a year to 2019, I was floored. So it's 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 intensive. So a lot of time is going to be taken to to get all this ready. So it might just be who knows. I'll I'll let you know how I feel. But a lot of that it might just be me talking to you talking to me as the interviews will slow down as I kind of prepare for this. So, yeah, just get used to hearing my voice. Uh, Yep, it's Nerdy Piehead. Thank you for listening. See you next week.